Hi, this is David. Welcome to episode 27 of Upward Journey Bible Study, where we study the Bible and theology. This episode focuses on learning some of the content and message of the Gospel of John, chapter 4. Unless otherwise noted, all scripture quotations for this episode are taken from the World English Bible Orthodox Version because the World English Bible is in the public domain. To get the most of this podcast, it would be good for you to take about five minutes to read John chapter 4. Let's get started. First, let us get a setting for what is going on in John chapter 4. John, who is the author of the Gospel of John, tells us the purpose why he wrote this book in John chapter 20, verses 30 to 31. John 20, verses 30 to 31 says, Therefore Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. John makes it clear that Jesus is not just the Savior of the Jews, but of the entire world. Jesus died for everyone, and anyone who believes in Jesus may be saved. In John chapter 4, Jesus brings salvation to the Samaritans. John the Baptist had prepared the way for Jesus' coming. John the Baptist preached a message of the need to repent, for the kingdom of God was at hand. John the Baptist also baptized those who repented from their sins and were seeking the forgiveness of their sins in preparation for the coming of the Messiah. Jesus began his ministry after John the Baptist baptized him. Jesus had disciples who believed in him and who were following him. Jesus' disciples were also baptizing people And Jesus, too, was preaching for the people to repent, for the kingdom of God was at hand. The Pharisees and the Jews tried to cause a division between John the Baptist and Jesus, but it didn't work. John the Baptist firmly saw himself as subordinate to Jesus, and his whole ministry was to point the way to the Messiah, who was the king of God's kingdom. Yet when the Pharisees heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, Jesus left Judea to go to Galilee and was going to pass through Samaria on the way to Galilee. John the Apostle makes clear that it was Jesus' disciples who did the baptizing and not Jesus himself. What was Samaria and why was its importance in John chapter 4? Samaria was a territory north of Judea or Judah, and south of Galilee. Judah, Samaria, and Galilee were all a part of the nation of Israel in its early history. God called the nation of Israel to be his people and to walk in obedience to God's commands. Early in their history, the people of Israel sought to have a human king reign over them. Their first king was Saul. When Saul died, his son Ishbaal also known as Ishbosheth, became king of the northern tribes of Israel. David became king of Judah and Hebron. Later, David became the king of all Israel. 
David's son Solomon became king of Israel after David. After Solomon, Rehoboam became king of Israel. Early in Rehoboam's reign, the northern tribes of Israel formed their own nation headed by Jeroboam. The southern kingdom was called Judah, and descendants of David became their kings. The capital of the southern kingdom of Judah was Jerusalem, and it was where the temple also was located. The northern kingdom kept the name of Israel, and its capital eventually became Samaria. Samaria was not only used as the name of the capital city, but became the name of the entire country. The northern kingdom worshipped false gods at Dan and Bethel. God judged them, and they fell captive to the Assyrians. The Assyrians took many of them captive to other lands and brought foreign people into Samaria, where the descendants of Abraham intermarried with other people who worshipped false gods. Some Samaritans still worshipped God, but their beliefs were different from the Jews, and they believed God should be worshipped in Mount Gerizim and not Jerusalem. The Jews also intermarried with other nations as well, but not to the degree that Samaria did, and the Jews believed their religious beliefs were more correct than the Samaritans' beliefs. Jesus and his disciples were traveling by foot. Around noontime, Jesus became tired and sat at a well that had been dug by Jacob over a thousand years before this time. Jacob was also known as Israel, and he is one of the ancestors of the nation of Israel. This well was near a Samaritan town called Sychar. Jesus sat at the well while his disciples went to Sychar to buy food. While Jesus was sitting at the well, a woman from Samaria, from the town of Sychar, came to draw water from the well. Evidently, she did not have running water at her home, and she had to come to the well to draw water for her house to have water. Jesus began a conversation with the Samaritan woman. He asked her for a drink of water. The woman asked Jesus why he was asking a drink from a Samaritan woman. She recognized Jesus was a Jew, and Jews typically had no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus said to the woman, if she, had knew, if she had known God's gift and who he was, then she would have asked Jesus for living water. What is God's gift that Jesus is talking about? Likely the gift is the gift of eternal life. In John chapter 4, verse 14, Jesus gives water that, sp that springs up to eternal life. He is the source of eternal life. Who was Jesus then? Jesus said, If you had known the gift of God and who I am, you would have asked for eternal life. So who was Jesus? Thus far, the Samaritan woman knew that Jesus was a Jew that was willing to converse and have dealings with a Samaritan woman. Then, as we see, later she recognized Jesus to be a prophet, and finally she believes that Jesus is the Christ or the Messiah. The woman then asked for this living water because she interpreted Jesus to mean she would never get thirsty again and would not have to come to Jacob's well to draw water anymore. 
But Jesus was talking of living water that springs up to eternal life that quenches spiritual thirst. It was no guarantee of no longer having physical thirst. Jesus has already said, if she knew the gift of God and who Jesus was, that he would give her this water. She asked for this water, but does not yet know who Jesus is. Jesus instructed the woman to go call her husband and come here. She then indicated she had no husband. Jesus responded that she spoke correctly that she had had five husbands and she was living with a man who was not her husband. The Samaritan woman knew this was true and there was no way for Jesus to know this unless he was a prophet and God had revealed this to him. The woman then asked the prophet Jesus to answer a theological dispute between the Jews and the Samaritans as to whether God should be worshipped in the temple in Jerusalem or at Mount Gerizim in Samaria. Jesus answered that a time is coming when the true worshipers will worship neither in Jerusalem nor in the mountain in Samaria where the Samaritans worshipped God, but they would worship God the Father in spirit and truth. Jesus says God the Father is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. It is important to worship God the Father, and it is important to worship God the Father according to the truth. God's attributes and qualities are revealed in the Bible, and the Bible is the source for knowing the truth about God. To worship God, we must know his will as revealed in the Bible and obey him. The Samaritan woman then affirms that when the Messiah comes, that he will declare all things to the Samaritans. Jesus then told the Samaritan woman that he was the Messiah. She believed him. About that time, Jesus' disciples returned with food and were amazed that Jesus was talking to the Samaritan woman. The Samaritan woman left her water pot behind and went to the town of Sychar and said, Come see a man that has revealed to me my secrets. Can this be the Messiah? Then the people of Sychar started coming to Jesus. Meanwhile, the disciples urged Jesus to eat. However, Jesus had other concerns. He saw the large harvest of people who needed to hear the good news of the kingdom of God. Jesus would not eat. Jesus said he had food his disciples did not know about. Jesus says his food is to do the will of God the Father who sent him and to do God the Father's work. Jesus said it is now harvest time. He indicated others had sowed and now was the time to reap the harvest of people who needed to know God. They are to gather fruit unto eternal life. What are the stages of harvesting? I suggest the following are steps in getting a harvest. One, you plan. You determine where to plant. Two, there is a time set for doing the work. Three, the work is done. Four, the ground is cultivated. The ground is fertilized. The seeds are planted. The plants are watered. Uh, weeds are removed. Uh, for some crops, there's pruning. The crops are harvested 
and stored. The crops are put in a form suitable for eating, and then we eat the crops. When we share the gospel, we do not know what stage we are in with that particular person, but we play a role in their coming to Christ when we share God's word with them and when we pray for the unsaved. While the disciples were focused on food, Jesus was focused on doing the work that God had sent him to do. Jesus was human like we are. He got hungry like we do. He had to eat to maintain good health. But the desire and need for food did not take Jesus' focus away from the mission that God called Jesus to do. Jesus saw an opportunity to reach the Samaritan woman to come to believe in God and took that opportunity even though he was tired. We need to pray that God will open our eyes to the opportunities we have to share the good news about God with others. Sometimes we may need to lay aside uh, for a while our needs to focus on what God wants us to do. The disciples likely had witnessing opportunities when they went into uh, the city of Sychar to buy food. We are not told whether they took that opportunity or not to share Jesus with others or not nor are they rebuked for not witnessing on that occasion. God also wants us to take care of our health as a part of our service to him. And we are not to witness all the time when it is not appropriate or we have other tasks and responsibilities we need to prioritize at that time. Christians should pray for God's guidance as to when to share their faith with others. We should pray for open doors to share God's word. And when the opportunity comes, we need to have the boldness to share Jesus, even if we may have to put aside our needs for a short time. We are not to limit our witnessing to people who are just like us and to only situations that are culturally appropriate. Jesus as a Jew witnessed to a Samaritan woman. Next, the focus turns to the Samaritans who believed in Jesus. There were two sources for their faith in Jesus. The first source was the testimony of the Samaritan woman. The second source was the Samaritans listened to Jesus himself and were convinced he was the Messiah. The Samaritan woman played a twofold role in reaching the other Samaritans. First, she testified how, of how Jesus knew all that she had ever done and suggested that this was the Messiah. Secondly, she motivated the Samaritans to hear firsthand from Jesus. Our witness can be like the Samaritan woman. We can tell others what Jesus has done for us and share our faith in Jesus. And secondly, we can point others to God's word and pray that the Holy Spirit will reveal God's truth to to them through God's word. The Samaritan woman and others in Samaria came to believe that Jesus was the Christ, which means Messiah, and they believed Jesus was the Savior of the world. Jesus came not just to save the Jews, but all people of all nations. These Samaritans understood this. Anyone from any country or any background can turn from their sins and turn to Jesus. As John chapter 3, verse 16 says in part, that whoever believes in Jesus should not perish but have eternal life. Jesus spent two days in Samaria teaching the people about God. Jesus then proceeded on his journey to Galilee. When Jesus came to Galilee, the Galileans received him because they had seen the signs he had did 
in Jerusalem. Jesus then went to Cana of Galilee. In Canaan, in Cana there was a nobleman whose son was sick and dying, and his son was in Capernaum. So this man, nobleman came to see Jesus and, and asked him you know, to heal his son. Jesus said, unless they see signs and wonders, they will not believe. However, the nobleman was not seeking a sign to believe. Rather, he was seeking to save the life of his son. Jesus told the nobleman to leave and that his son will live. The man believed what Jesus said and went his way. On his way back, the nobleman's servants came to meet him with the good news that his son was living. The nobleman uh, inquired about the time his son started to get well. They told him it was about one in the afternoon, which was the time that the nobleman knew was when Jesus said, your son will live. At the exact time Jesus healed him from a distance, the fever left the child. The result was that the nobleman believed, and all his house believed as well. The son got physical healing, and the whole household got spiritual healing. Thank you for joining with me and listening to this podcast. Be sure to search the Bible to evaluate all teachers, including me. Check out my website at UpwardJourneyBibleStudy.com where you can learn more about this podcast and other resources for spiritual growth. Always remember to keep God first in your life. I encourage you to pray that God will work in the lives of those who hear his word and that people will turn from their sins and become disciples of Jesus Christ. I encourage you to pray that Christians will grow to become better disciples of Jesus Christ. I encourage you to pray that God will work through this podcast ministry to bring others to Christ and to strengthen and establish Christians. Also notice I have added to the website a place for topical Bible studies for reading. Bye for now.